1: Hey, hi there. I'm going to take my glasses off. I was looking at Tom. I don't know why I look at Tom, because it's not like I'm supposed to be looking at you. I should move him over here. I'm just going to grab Tom on the screen and put him closer to you, ah, our listeners and viewers from around the world, all 700 of you viewers (laughs) and all 30,000 of you listeners, or however many there are. There's a lot of you listeners. Hi, everybody. I am Don McDonald in Florida. Oh, Thanksgiving stuffed. And there in Washington State, somewhere in Washington State. We're not exactly sure where. It's an undisclosed location where the aircraft hang out. It's like the skunk works. Mr. Thomas Seacock, ladies and gentlemen, give him, big, give him a big hand.
2: Just call me Fan Tom
1: and I'll Trip-tapan. try to... Tryptophan. Yeah. Okay. I put the glasses back on so I can oh. see the screen. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the program. We're glad you could be with us. And uh, today... We're going to talk about prognosticators, people who make predictions, people who predict for a variety of reasons. But I think the main reason that most people make financial predictions is to make themselves rich. I really, truly believe that because one of the best examples recently is a guy by the name of Michael Saylor. Do you know Michael Saylor, Tom? I do not
2: until you brought this to my attention. Yeah, Michael. I've Saylor. heard his predictions are out to sea, but I could be wrong.
1: Michael Saylor is the CEO of a company called MicroStrategy, which was a an internet software kind of company. That um, he has the he has the unique um record on Wall Street of having one of the biggest one day losses for his stock in history during the height of the dot com bubble. MicroStrategy stock lost six billion dollars in market cap in a single day,
2: which doesn't sound that much in the time of Tesla, Microsoft at all, but pretty significant this was then. Twenty years
1: ago, yeah, yeah this was real a while money. ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, his company nearly went under; it just kind of teetered on the brink with a little bit of cash hanging around. Well, he's decided to do something new with the money. Instead of building a business with it, the heck with that business thing, he's taken all of the company's money, plus some, because he borrowed some, and bought Bitcoin. He's one of the biggest holders of Bitcoin in the world. He has more than 100,000 Bitcoins. <laughs> it's, just a, it's worth billions of dollars. Now, what, what does that have to do with predicting? Well, he's in the news. He was in the news the last week telling pr- the press, any members of the press who would listen, that he predicts, and he's calling himself an analyst. <laughs> who is he? Predicts, he predicts that Bitcoin will amount to 7% of the total value of the world's economy within the next few years. 7%? 7%. Now, why would he say that? Could it be to create a self-fulfilling prophecy? He owns a lot of it. You
2: might want to push the price up.
1: You think so? Do you think maybe he's trying to manipulate the market a little bit? Because funny, his comments got picked up, not necessarily by the mainstream press. The mainstream press picked them up, but tweaked them a little and talked about some of the negative. But the, but the crypto press... Publications like AMB Crypto and Coin Speaker and Coin Journal and Coin Telegraph well, have something in common. They're all also pushing Bitcoin. But I tell you, despite the fact that uh, that that this guy is just gutsy, is all get out. These kinds of predictions and the press picking up on them is really dangerous because. You don't know the difference. You're not going to research these guys like we do. This guy, is. his predictions are dangerous for you. They may be good for him. And he keeps buying more. But this happens over and over and over again. And it keeps happening. And, Tom, we see it all the time.
2: Yeah, you know, anytime I hear from Michael Saylor, I think I get a sinking feeling. Oh gee. I'm sorry. Actually, there's another guy that you're gonna <sighs> I name. I thought you your...
1: worn out wait, I thought you worn out all you wore out all of your dad <laughs> the... joke uh, uh, inventory over the, the weekend.
2: Kids and grandkids, apparently not. I, thought, I just warming up. Uh because there's another guy named that a lot of people will know. They might not know Michael Saylor. A guy named Harry Dent, because Harry is he is a predictor yeah. on a boy very is, regular boy basis. Boy is he
1: bent. Thank you.
2: And I thought you would have used dent, up all get your it. bent
1: jokes. Yeah, I had to throw <sighs> one in there.
2: Okay, because here's the reason I'm going to pick on Harry. He's got a new prediction. Does he? Stop the press. Ring the bell. Run for the hills. Mm. Yes, his new prediction is the biggest stock market crash of our lifetime, of our mm. lifetime, will hit in 2022.
1: Wait this a based- minute. Wait a minute. That is not, excuse me, that is not a new prediction. <laughs> It's not for That's him. the same prediction he's been predicting for uh, 10 years. He's been saying this, every year the market's going to crash.
2: And this comes from a woman named Jane Woolman Russoff. I don't know who Jane is. And the article is from thinkadvisor.com. But she in the article, this is part of the reason these people persist is because Jane either just took the news release and rewrote it or doesn't know up from down because in her article, she says Dent correctly called Japan's 1989 bubble bust and the following recession and the dot-com crash and the popular surge that made Donald Trump president. Wrong, wrong, wrong again. No, he didn't. I've been following
1: Harry Dented for years. And here's a guy. didn't.
2: Here's a guy I think you should trust, a guy named Larry Swedro. Larry's actually, I, I don't know, again, I don't know where Miss Russ, why she's writing about him, but Larry actually went back and looked at the record. In October 1999, Harry came out with a book, The Roaring 2000s. The Great Boom Ahead predicted the boom of the decade. The Dow will go to 35,000. What happened? Well, the S&P 500 lost about 1% a year for the next decade, a cumulative loss from 2000 to 2009 of 9%. So that didn't deter old Harry. In January 2006, he published The Next Great Bubble Boom, How to Profit from the Greatest Boom in History. And then, as Larry writes, not long after the publication, we experienced the worst bear market since the 1930s. Wow. And he couldn't then, have been more wrong twice. Yeah, exactly. you think just the watch clock thing would have worked. But then his latest effort, The Great Crash Ahead Strategy for a World Turned Upside Down, released in September 2011. Does anybody know what stocks have done since September of two thousand eleven? I think
1: they're up about three hundred percent. Straight up, yeah,
2: basically gone straight up. He has been uncannily accurate in Wait. predicting things the wrong way.
1: Oh, he's been an uncannily accurate contrarian predictor.
2: Oh, and by so the way, whatever
1: I, Harry says yeah. to do, do. Maybe that's why his books sell so well. People well, are buying them to read them and then do the exact opposite.
2: And if you want to. Be closer to him. You could have invested in his AIM DENT Demographic Trends Fund. I do remember this one. Launched in uh, June of 99, Went made 54% that year. But then 2000 through 2004, the fund lost over 11% per year. It got uh, put out of its misery by merging it into the AIM Weingarten Fund. And then there was the Advisor Shares DENT Tactical ETF with Harry as the co-manager. That fund by August of 2012 was liquidated should you believe predictions well here's the thing when it comes to this here's the reason i think people want to we all want to know the future we all think we're going to have control if we know the future right there's a wizard of oz out there that's going to tell us yes click your heels together three times and it'll work out
1: wait a minute did you watch the movie the wizard of Oz? Uh... you know he was a fraud he really wasn't (laughs) a wizard that's right he was
2: hiding behind (laughs) there with all the gadgets. we all want to know the future in a balloon i know and and here's part two we all have a tendency kind of like the wizard of oz to focus on the wrong thing instead of looking at the smoke and all the rest of it you should have been looking behind the curtain because when it comes to many things we look at the horse race instead of actually the issue what do i think you should do well first of all throw all these bums out quit paying attention to them but you can still put things the odds in your favor no matter if harry's right wrong sideways whatever it is you can we've said this before You can diversify because you own many things, by the way, because Harry had a tough time time with the U.S. market. But had he been invested in international stocks, actually the decade wasn't too bad. You can keep your costs low. You can invest in exchange-traded funds now for one-tenth of one percent, almost nothing. And here's the other part that you can do. by yourself without the help of any soothsayer, prognosticator, predictor. You can have the right portfolio for good times, bad times, for you, has nothing to do with what will happen next year, the next 10 years, the next 20 years, whatever, because the the truth is, the truth of the matter that this industry doesn't want to tell you is, sadly, no one has any idea, period, or pardon me, exclamation point. That's it.
1: No reason. And now now we know the reason why we never get quoted in the popular press. <laughs> it's exactly. Because the exclamation point? No, because... We say the same thing yeah. over and over and over again. And it's not because we don't know of any other possibilities. It's that we know all of the other possibilities and all of the other possibilities have failed miserably in the long run. Sometimes they get it right for a while, but you would you would expect from Harry Dent, Tom alluded to this, you would have expected All the predictions that he's making, that he'd get them right uh, about half the time. Yeah. About half the time. Flipping a coin. You expect that. Nope. He's not even close to right. He's not close to right a tenth of the time. And yet, he's sold millions of copies of his books. We should just start predicting. Nobody holds you accountable.
2: And he's telling people what they want to believe, right? There's a lot of people that want to believe Doom and gloom are ahead. There's a lot of people that want to believe great times are ahead. So you can write one or the other, I guess. And half the people love well, you. i tell you people what. Hate you.
1: you you write the gloomy one. I'll write the positive. Nah, one, I'm more I'll of the be positive right more guy. Than you. I, don't think
2: I always so. I always walk on the sunny side of the block, as you know.
1: So when I yeah, can find again, the sunny again, we've sky. gone through this. You live in Seattle. <laughs> There's not much sun. Yeah, I'm in Florida. What do they call Florida? The, the Sunshine, sunshine state. state. Yeah. What do they call Washington? I don't know, really cloudy? The evergreen state. Come on, man. Because it rains all the time. Well, That's why. Please stay green. That's That's actually, good. <laughs> the evergreen state is a is a really, really great marketing ploy. It's like, okay, what can we be when we're wet all the time? Oh, 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 we're green. We're green. Which is popular. I want to give you a phone number. Can okay. I give you a phone number? Please. If you want to call us and ask us a question and get the same dull, boring answer, the number is 855-935-TALK. If you want to send us a question and pretty much get the same boring answer, send it in at talkingrealmoney.com on the contact form. And Greg did just that. I have a question for you before we go. Yes, please do. Hello, fellas. I think that's us. That's equal billing. I got to like that. Yeah, We're in our 50s and have 1.1 million in our retirement accounts but only a little over 50 k in non-retirement accounts. I feel like I've missed out on other investment opportunities by having all of our money illiquid. It got me wondering if there was a rule of thumb that you recommend for non-retirement assets, say 20%. I was thinking I should have 200 k but then I run into the problem of where to put it so inflation doesn't make it worthless. Let me know what you think. Thanks, guys. Love the podcast.
2: Okay, well, let's straighten one thing out. You can have pre-tax, post-tax, brokerage money, and in all in the same investments. There's no, in other words, you could own a, a globally diversified portfolio in any of those three. That shouldn't matter. Number two, around a rule of thumb, I personally would love to see your money split fairly evenly between pre-tax and post-tax, because then when you get to retirement, you can pull whichever. Pot, if you will, makes the most sense from a tax standpoint. Did I, am I answering the question? Because I'm, yeah, I'm getting the kinda, sense that.
1: I got I'm a couple not. of little. I, I'm reading between the lines. Yeah. And I see lurking between those lines. Yes. Something very interesting. It was the sentence where he said, I feel like I've missed out mm. on other investment opportunities,
2: meme stocks, Bitcoin. Oh, there's got to be a real estate investment in there. Because
1: I don't have a lot of money sitting on the sideline that I haven't been able to get into the hot stuff. We don't believe that you should have any money, any money sitting on the sideline except your emergency money.
2: We, In fact, I I had a conversation with a a new client this week who said, I heard your show on Saturday and you said something about not having cash sitting around. He goes, I know you're talking about me. I said, well, you're not the only one because there's like 18 trillion dollars sitting in banks that's making the banks a lot of money. Because guess what? They invest that money and not you. So no, you're not missing out on anything. But back to what I think is the most important point: I like a balance between pre-tax and post-tax money because then when you draw on it, it does create but, a better strategy.
1: But he already has 1.1 million in retirement. But he's in his account. 50s, so he can start you're now not saving. Sa- Yeah, you're not saying to take that out. No, 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 no. Okay, we got to be careful of that because, and and yeah, while you probably should start funding things that don't get taxed when you withdraw Mm them, you could do some Roth transferring, that kind of thing maybe. Yeah, so you could get um, into
2: a period of time where your income's lower and you could do Roth conversions,
1: correct? If it's a choice between funding your retirement accounts that have a tax advantage of some sort and up to the amount you're eligible... And putting it in an outside account, I would choose the retirement account. If you have extra money over to above that, sure, fund a non-retirement account, but invest it the same way.
2: And if I can add an alternative to that, maybe the best thing in his situation, since he is sort of unbalanced, which you and I know a lot about, um, it, the better proposition would How be- How is he to,
1: unbalanced?
2: Because he has so much in the pre-tax and so little in post-tax money.
1: Oh, that unbalanced! I thought portfolio. Yeah, so okay.
2: I was speaking for you and I mentally, emotionally. That's a whole separate topic. Oh, well,
1: but, I'm but, I'm good with that.
2: What you could do would be, uh, you, yes, Roth conversions are, of course, very important. But with the post-tax money, you start to build that up. And you build that up, Don. You said make sure you're kind of saving up to what you can in the 401k. What you could do in the 401k is save up to wherever the match is is then take the other money and put that in post tax, creating again a sort of diversified portfolio of taxation when you do retire. Another idea. It's don't want to leave the money. Don't want to leave the money on the table. Never, never, never no. people and, leave and
1: billions, billions. You do not need, I want to make this crystal clear, sir. You do not need to have two hundred thousand dollars sitting in some sort of a cash account waiting for some nebulous opportunity, because there is no such thing. Oh, there are opportunities to gamble, but not to invest.
2: And we look at them pretty much every day. Even yesterday on Thanksgiving, another conversation, we'll have an additional podcast.
1: I doubt we will. (laughs) Ha ha! (laughs) Because <laughs> I don't I honestly, want my
2: relatives coming back I, and looking for I me. I <laughs> doubt we will. Yeah.
1: I, I, I don't think you're going to do it, but we'll see. It'd be a, exactly. be a great lesson, but I don't think uh, you're going to do well, it. Tune in. Uh, all right, all. Tune in every day. Exactly. Every single day now, because we have a backlog of a hundred and some odd podcasts that we're wow. uh, plugging in. So you you're going to get either you're going to love us to pieces or you're going to just be sick to death of us, one or the other um let's see anything else we need to cover
2: no but we should invite people to sign up for retire meet if you're outside of the Seattle area, you can do it virtually it's coming up on the 26th of february the two of us consumer expert uh, herb weiss at all you can go to retiremeat.com you can sign up right now virtually uh, it's all going to be broadcast can we call it broadcast i don't know what do you call it it is it's broadcast it's oh, okay. it's
1: wide casting so it's broad
2: broadcasting so you can yeah. from wherever you are you'll be able to see us in living color can we say that anyway so uh i think it's in
1: color. certainly not in black and white <laughs> it certainly
2: is so retire meet february 26 you should sign up because i think we can only take a thousand people online or something there's some limited I, as well yeah it's as limited
1: i don't mentioned. know what the limit anyway. is it's a pretty high limit anyway yeah, go, go sign, sign up. up for it at retiremeet.com oh yep. and i want to mention please just on a previous podcast i do this is just a personal thing and it's not a thing i make money on but i do a a short story podcast and if you were looking for like holiday stories to listen to i put up two thanksgiving stories and then i got a whole bunch of christmas stories that are coming up on my podcast and they're all family friendly because they're they all date from before the 1920s (laughs) so you know there's no bad language and uh, they're all available on any podcast service. It's called Lit Reading. Go check it out. You'll probably enjoy it. And uh, you're, I, I know the, it's a family thing. So you can. Yeah, I know it's you'll like enjoy it. Sit around the radio. Sit around the podcast.
2: My, my Here's a raging endorsement. My grandsons have listened and they love
1: them. So, now that was Rita Storis, which is my kids' story. Ah, okay, it was pardon Rita Storis, which okay. is kids' stories. Well, they probably and love this reading, one too. Lit reading, which is a little more grown up.
2: Well, lip reading's not... a little harder on a podcast, but that's lit, a
1: whole other. lit lit lit. Oh, with a T. Okay, very good. You, as a T person, should know that. Okay, well, thanks for being there. Oh, tomorrow, yes, T for tomorrow on Friday. If you're listening to this on a Friday, Saturdays we take your calls live on our radio show on como in seattle and you could be anywhere
2: in the world and call us between noon and two pacific whatever time zone that is for you
1: eight five five nine three five talk is the same number we take your calls for two hours live every saturday so call us thanks for being there have a great holiday whatever whenever you listen or just have a great day i'm don that's tom and even when we're eating turkey we talk (laughs) real money
0: (laughs) talking real money